Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast Podcast. Liverpool 2, Crystal Palace 0. Champions League secured for next season and all of a sudden things just aren't that bad after all. So to bask and discuss, bask in and discuss the, I don't know, elation or relief or wherever in between anybody feels at this moment in time. I've got Dave Karen in Brazil. Dave, you've been your your love of the game has been reignited over the last few weeks. Mm, not love, but the belief in it. Um, okay. I think, and was, no more so. Let's be honest. You were you you had a you had a double whammy because you got to see Brendan Rodgers feel for a second season in a row getting into the Champions League. So I don't know. I actually don't but that's bittersweet, Dave. No, that was bittersweet because, like, okay, it would have been funny to see him get there, but fucking even funnier to see him fucking waltz his way through Europe. You need to get him a fucking map because he has no clue about it. Uh, so, <laughs> so I, I'm, I feel gutted. That's 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 the bitter. Uh, the sweet is I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck who missed out in top four because we got it, and that's all. That if we hadn't have got that, Dave, I, I just don't even bear fucking thinking about it. Totally, totally. And also, in the spirit of European football being secured, I've got our Champions League expert, Johnny Henderson. Johnny, you're Belfast. You are Belfast? I am Belfast, You are yes. Belfast. Are you feeling equally ambivalent towards the whole situation, or are you uh, a little more enthusiastic than our good friend? Well, talking about Leicester, that was funny, because I agreed we were having a wee chat there when we were saying about it being quite funny. If Chelsea weren't qualified, it would have been funny to see them get into the Champions League final with a load of pressure on. But uh, yeah, listen, the main thing is we are in it. And uh, that didn't look too likely about a month ago. So yeah, I'm 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 quietly delighted, quietly chuffed about it, to be honest. Yeah, so Johnny, look, let's just um let's just start with the fact that with what is it, 10 games to go, we're, we're eight points off, I think we're eight points off Chelsea, we're 10 points off Leicester in third, and like it looks done, it looks out of sight, it looks like a, it looks like a, a mountain too high, if you want, and from nowhere, and like, let's be honest, probably aside from Liverpool fans, a little bit under the radar, We've managed to put together a run of 10 games, eight wins, two draws, and the two draws come with two late, late goals um, as equalisers, uh, Leeds and, and Newcastle. And, yeah. you know, somehow we've put, now let's be honest, even in the last two seasons, standards that have been set for title winning points, title winning form together, um, 26 points from 30 games, or 26 points from 30, you know, that would have had you, that would have had you right up in the conversation in the, in the, in the two seasons prior to this. And we're still threadbare. We're, we're still without the guys at the back who really know what they're doing. But somehow we've managed a modeler way to a situation where we've ended up finishing third five points behind the best United team in nearly a decade. How has this happened? Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it, when you put it together? I mean, we were saying 
the season, if you break the season down into thirds, we started quite well. We were top of the league. We'd won seven at the Palace, top of Christmas. We fell off a cliff in the middle of third. And then we, we put a really good run together. And, it, you know, I was actually had given this a bit of thought last night. And I was thinking, well, what was, you know, if you just go back and look at the results, what was the turning point? And funny enough, I think being in the Champions League and getting Leipzig, that tie came at a really good time for us because we had literally just, we'd come off the back of those two, you know, we lost two games at home to Fulham and, and, and Chelsea in really quick succession. And we were really, really struggling. And then we had the return leg against Leipzig and we won that and we went through. And then they just managed to dig it out. I think it was then they went, they, they grounded out at Wolves. I think if, if you look back at that the sort of run of games that properly got us back, even into the the reckoning, um, they won at Wolves, they won at Arsenal. And, the, and then, all right, Real Madrid happens. And that's, you know, that wasn't good. Then Trent gets the goal against Villa, and we just had that momentum. And it was funny because then there was this, mo- you know, we'd won a few games on the bounce. It was a bit of momentum. We then have feels like the shit kicked out of us for the last time. <laughs> We're not getting up when the when 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 the Leeds and you know the Newcastle games happen. But again, then we just we recover and we, you know, Southampton, Man United, West Brom with the madness of Allison. Burnley Palace, and we and we just get it, get it done. Um, and you, you know you have to say you know you have to give those players credit because what they did was they focused themselves. They were right at rock bottom, um, but we just managed to get a bit of stability into the team. We managed to get you know Klopp's sort of figured out that Fabinho needs to stay in midfield, whatever we do, and. Him and Thiago just gave us the platform. Mo kept being consistent, and we just got over the line. And I think I, I know some people are laughing because they're like, you know, you won the league. <laughs> Why are you celebrating being third? And ordinarily, of course, that's not the case. But when you when you look at it, Dave, when you look at the context, the story of the season, and the setbacks, and everything that's happened. You know, it's been a real Johnny. I I don't think other fans. Can... I don't think other fans can can actually fathom what we've been through without having been through it. I think that's a fair comment. Mm. You know, it's very easy. I hear what you're saying. You know, I, I have I've a, a friend of all of ours at home, a uh, United fan, who's laughing at me, going, "So this is your big trophy. This is your." The, but but that's the way this season panned out. That's the best we could do, and we did it. And given, you know, it's one thing. You look at another team in isolation. You go, oh, they've got loads of injuries, but you don't, you don't feel it unless you felt ironically, that we went through. Ironically, Dave. Ironically, Dave. It is a bit. It's a bit United last year, isn't it? Where they just come from nowhere to snatch top four. Yeah. Yeah, but but that was in, that was in a melee of madness after football restarted after lockdown, and totally. you know you had. You had teams who had nothing to play for and didn't want to finish the league. There was a lot of clubs who did not want to finish that league out. That's yeah. that was your problem. That you know it was different this season. Yeah, but I don't think you can give enough you know credit wise to Klopp. Obviously, he's been 
He's, he's been the architect for massive moments, winning the biggest prizes. But I think what they managed to do with that group, especially with the options that we had at centre-back, to guide them through that and those players. I mean, we're probably... This is funny, but we we may well never see Nat Phillips and Reese Williams play in the Premier League for us ever again. Um, but listen, you, you can't fault them. They came in and they did the job and they got us. It's massive for the future of the club for... You know, it would have been Klopp's probably only got three years left. One out of three years not being in the Champions League. You know, not having Van Dijk, Fabinho, Alisson, Thiago. It's two. I'm pretty sure, Johnny. It's two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, do you know what I mean? He's meant to be there to 20, 24, whatever. But, I, but I, I'm just looking at it and going, if you think about it, imagine Alisson, Van Dijk, Fabinho, Thiago, and Salah not playing. Imagine them playing in the Europa League. What a crime against football that would have been. So it's yeah, Go, going out to Albania to play on crappy pitches and, and yeah, I don't bear thinking about. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's 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 hard. It's it's always going to sound disparaging, but and it's it's not meant to be. But those players are too good not to be in the Champions League. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, Dave. Um, you know, we were, I don't know about you, but for me, it all was a little bit anticlimactic. Um, I was really up to the game, really up for it. it. It felt like something we were building towards, which which we had been. And then we, you know, Leicester scored the goal. And to be honest, I'm, like, I'm not that worried when Leicester score. I'm just not. We get the goal that we've been threatening to. We go in. Zaha has like he's probably one run at Phillips and absolutely doesn't, but actually it turns out he's offside. And what we do, I think, really well is we keep him the one danger man, pretty much anonymous for for the full ninety minutes. And I, I'm just I'm watching the game and I'm like, contrary to everything I've seen since you know I don't know February I suppose, I'm just like. We're going to win this, aren't we? I know it's nil-nil, and I know technically we're outside the top four at the minute, but we're going to win this, and we're going, and we're going to qualify. And then, you know, Reese Williams misses a glorious chance, and I'm looking at that going, Jesus Christ, I'd have scored that, and if I can score that, that really is a good chance. Salah misses one, um, where he really should score, and I think we all wanted him to get in the score sheet. But, you know, at no point... I'm thinking, even when Townsend goes through, because Trent gives this one of his amazing passes that doesn't really quite hit the mark, I'm still not worried. And we get the goal before half-time, it's crappy and it's scruffy, and nobody gives a fuck because it's 1-0, and we're there. And you just know from that point on, this is ours, and you're kind of laughing at what's going on in the background between Chelsea and City, or Chelsea and Leicester flip-flopping. But actually... We're the guys in control for the entire scenario there, and the other two are the ones that's fucking heads falling off. No, absolutely. And um, you know, we were the one that probably beforehand everybody's, you know, the the dodgy team that you can't predict the scores of. But you know, what 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 you and Johnny discussed there about you know the change throughout the season and you know the Allison goal change and everything, and there was a change, uh, there was a settling. I think. You know, I think Fabinho going back into the midfield, it can't be stated enough. It really can't. It changed everything. 
Um, and they tinkered about and they tinkered until they found a solution. But once they found a solution and once we settled again as a team, Dave, it was like pre-pandemic. You know when you're one nil down and you go, well, we're winning this. There's, you know, it's 85 minutes gone, but we're still winning this. Not just drawing, we're winning. And we saw them do that. And that, that kind of belief, I think, came back to us um, over maybe the last four games. You know what I mean? I'd given up. I'd stopped watching. I didn't watch United. I didn't watch West Brom. Um, I, I didn't see the Allison goal. You, you know what I mean? I, I'd given up. I couldn't bear the hurt of 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 not being, as you rightly say. You know, these players are far too good for the Europa League, and I don't mean any disrespect to the competition, but you know, it, it was shit or bust. And and I went into that game like our group was 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 silent yesterday. And I think it was, uh, I think it was just confidence. I think every single one of us knew w- w- that we were winning, that there was no doubt that we we're winning. When you put a-, a carrot in front of this team, they they respond, and you know they'd been responding for the four games, um, looked a lot better than we had anywhere through through the season. What, that, you, you, it didn't enter your mind. We knew what we had to do, and and we did it. And Dave, look. Financially, it's massive for us. If we hadn't have got it, I dread to think what our summer window would have looked like. And that's that was my fear. After us climbing back to our perch, so to speak, with a Champions League and a league and, and your 99 points not winning or 97 points not winning the league. You know what I mean? And, and, and the thought of that going off the edge of a cliff to me was, was just, it, it was unpalatable. It was unthinkable. Um, that we come this far only to be to be jinxed by fucking COVID, you know what I mean? Um, and 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 very bad luck with injuries. But you know, it, it was never in doubt. I didn't break a sweat all day. It was like you just knew that they were going to get the job done. And to be fair to Palace, they did huff and puff for the first twenty minutes. But after that first twenty minutes, they didn't really offer anything of note. We were in total command of that game. In total, you knew it was a matter of time. Okay, we got the goal before halftime, but you knew it was coming. It was bound to come. We were cutting them apart. Beautiful interplay, wonderful pass, the range of passing there yesterday. Uh, you know, we 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 talk, we, we talk about uh, you, you know during COVID it was like training games. Well, fuck, some of those passes yesterday were 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 like <laughs> they were like stuff you would try on a on a training. Page. They're fucking fantastic. Yeah, Thiago's really, he's really, he's really coming to his own the last few weeks, and yesterday was just another example of the just sheer level of quality that he has to bring. Uh, I, th- I think it was John O'Sullivan on Twitter. I, I saw one of his tweets, and he's like, you know, Thiago should just have smoking jacket on, a cigar in one hand, and a brandy in the other, and he could still probably operate. That's he's just, he's just a top class operator. I don't um, think he should be allowed to wear football boots. I think he should be used to wear like <laughs> slippers, slippers or something. And um, you, you know, honestly, Dave, I think I think you know we 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 look at the likes of Van Dyke, a pure winner. You know, um, most solid. No, no back. He's off that mold. You know, he's off that winning mentality. Um, I saw an interview with him, and, and you know, it's all about what he's won, and he only exists to win things. And I would dare say there's a massive frustration in him in the first season, given the injury that he had. And, you know, it was a broken up season and, and, and he only really got the pair up then with Fabinho to, to see how life would be at Liverpool towards the end. 
because, you know, with the injury, we, we saw flashes in the Chelsea game. We saw flashes in the Everton game where he got injured. Where we went, oh, tasty player, great player. That's going to be a great and, and And then it broke up from there. And then whenever he did come back, we were asking him to do bits and pieces that maybe aren't his forte. But the last lot of games, I think we really could sit back and appreciate just what we have here. And, and, and to whet our appetite for next season, the thought of him... Um, Fabinho, Henderson, Ian, and other, um, you know, rotating around there. It's oh god, it's 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 great. And then the extra insurance of Van Dijk and Ian, other, as opposed to uh, you know, and what was says we we should thank Reese Williams, we should thank Nat Phillips for for what they did. But I don't think we'll see them again. Uh, it's an incredible experience for them. Nobody can ever take it away from them. Fucking big Phillips getting that goal. Like, honestly, the feel good. You know, one thing, Alison, like, it was mad, but I, I, I equally enjoyed the, the Nat Phillips goal. You know, it's no more than he deserved for, 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 he put it. You know, in the 70s, he'd be a fucking top class centre half. The game's moved on, and, and, they, and, and, you know, his style is more suited to the 70s, 80s type. He played a fucking some defender uh, back then. But in today's world, really not. Um, you know, he he he's limited. And and my my problem, as I said in the last pod, was was not Phillips. Is he's just no speed. It's like a nineteen seventies fucking Soviet block Lada. You know, he has all the pulling power of that. Um, and, and and other than that, I'd have been happy to see him as as you know fifth choice, and maybe occasionally see him. But it's just a lack of pace and our high line. I just worry about. But I think that. You know, another thing you said as well about, um, you know, Stanless and Goose there's nothing's going to rattle us next season. Jesus, after what we've come off the back of this season, we're unflappable. There's nothing injury-wise or, or c- can happen in the world of football that, you know, after COVID, that we're, we're going to go, hang on, this is a whole new world. It, it, it's been the most bizarre, I think for every one of us, it's been the most bizarre 18 months of our lives. And... There's a, there's a whole lot of it we don't ever want to repeat. And certainly the football from January through until, let's say, April, I never, I never want to see ever again. No, I, I can completely uh, buy into that. Johnny, you know, I think this season it's, you know me, I'm a football romantic. And I always kind of find parallels in the game and, there's a few I've noticed recently, you know, Everton at uh, at Goodison is when actually for a half we look like the best version of any Liverpool team that has ever walked onto a football pitch. And then cruelly it's all snatched away and we kind of grind our way through. But ultimately, you know, we lost a whole pile of shade at home. Um but ultimately, you know, the the big low there, the rock bottom is, is 2-0 at home to Everton. That's the real rock bottom for me. But, yeah. but at the same time, you know, you've got the West Brom game that Maddox goes off and that's where everything really seems to go tits up. Um, and all of a sudden... You know, we're on a roll and it's it's Allison in the last minute and all of a sudden that goal seems to change everything, the whole feeling about the club. And a game with Palace at the weekend, um, you know, that's the last real performance you could see in the season. You know, uh, it's 7-0, we look, we look as though 
you're, you're watching the beat, you're watching the beat pals having a little Tailhurst talk park, and you're like, do you know what? Actually, it doesn't fucking matter who's injured. It doesn't matter. We're just going to fucking beat everybody, and we're going to win the league, and it's going to be hilarious. And we know yeah. what happens. We know what happens, but it's nice to finish against. It's nice to finish against them, and that Palace results ultimately would put us in a position where we could pressure any other teams because of the superior goal difference. But there are moments, Johnny. It, the point there is, is that Dave, Dave's talking about how you know there, this team won't go through anything more difficult than than what they've had to go through this season, professionally, personally, etc. And I think he's right. Because that season is punctuated and accentuated by moments that galvanise a side and build mental resilience, or ultimately what happened earlier on in the season is break it down. Dave, you know, you, you, you talk about the Everton game and cruelly, I would say maliciously snatched from us. Yeah, it, it was yeah, malicious. Maybe so, maybe so, but you know, from from a, from a personal perspective, and the point I'm making here is, Johnny, is that as bad as this season has been, there could be massive long-term benefits from this team managing to scrap and you know claw their way through that horrendous scenario on all kinds of levels and come out the other end feeling brilliant about themselves and finding a way to get that groove back yeah totally i mean i I am a big believer that you know this will shape the, the character of the team because you know when Dave when you say there you know you're cutting in there about like Everton um and it was I mean that that game was I was never as angry after a game because it just felt like everything that could have possibly gone wrong Pickford should have a red card he takes out Van Dyke um the offside you know Thiago gets Richarlison does him puts him out for three months you know, and then just to rub salt in the wound, <laughs> Henderson has a perfectly good goal, a great, brilliant move, uh, Thiago Mane and him finishing it, and, and that's taken away. But everything we've come through, and, and you know what, we're not even talking here, you know, the injuries were, you could say that wasn't bad luck, that was Everton being the yard dogs that they've been for many years. Um, not only with the injuries, where we had a lot of bad luck, um, but just the sheer weight of decisions. I know somebody had put a clip on Twitter today, and did you? I don't know if you'd seen it. It was like a two-minute clip of every little incident and penalty and offside that went against them. And I was sort of watching it going, I'd forgotten about that. You remember Salah, Brighton? Well, Johnny, actually, the 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 VAR. I've got the Beryl County put the VAR league table up. The VAR. Yeah, I've seen score. it. Yeah, so um, we're we're bottom with Arsenal and West Brom with minus six, and it jumps to minus three for Wolves and Spurs, then minus one, and then it gets into negative with Southampton, who are what fourteenth there, and everybody else is in the positive. So you know, you're absolutely right. The the weight of decisions and people can talk about cry arson and whatever and poor us and all the all the rest of the bollocks but the facts bear it out there um you throw the injuries in and you throw also the decisions in there as well for a long time during that season it just felt like absolute if anything could go wrong it was going to go wrong for us you're right and that's exactly and you know it's when you see those stats and you see some of those decisions back you go bloody hell 
I think we were all so numbed to it at one point and so numbed to the injuries. You know, every week it went by. You know, it was like, oh, he's out for three months. Well, what's new? He'll be next. And then in, invariably there was. There was another person. Or the team would be just doing a warm-up. And <laughs> remember, was it away to West Ham? Um, all of a sudden it was like, yeah, Fabinho's out. <laughs> Something's happened with him. And it was just incessant all season. But I do think it'll be character building. I think the club will have, you know, there'll be... There will be some signings done. Looks like Kanata is really going to happen. I hope we get Kabak in as well. It looks like they're really going to make sure. And I think mentally, I know I made the joke about the game at Chelsea early in the season. Gomez and Matip were out. So Fabinho had to drop in and partner Van Dyke. I think if we'd have had a Van Dyke Fabinho partnership at the back uh, for chunks of the season, I think we'd have been all too bothered. But I remember that day, we were so accustomed to. You know, the Van Dyke Gomez or Van Dyke Matip, that this was a real big deal. And then when you think we went from that to Reese Williams, who had a killer minister last year, um, <laughs> Matt Phillips, um, it was, it, it really was, it, it was trying and it really was that it, it, it'll be character building for that team. And I think we will reap the benefit of it. And I think one thing that stood out for me yesterday, I was looking at the messages from the players on the social media. And there was a couple of them, especially Curtis Jones and Trent. And I read those and I thought, those group of players, they are chomping at the bit to get that full team out on the pitch and show the rest of England. You know, people have had their little laugh at us this season because of what's happened, the adversity, and people have enjoyed giving us a good boot when we've been down. And I know, I just know, especially with Klopp at the helm, that they're going to come out next season frothing at the mouth to put this right. And I'm, I, I can't wait till August. I genuinely can't. There's a lot of right, there's a lot of wrongs that need to be righted, <laughs> starting with those. Jo- Johnny, th- th- there's a massive wrong that we never, like we never, that, that trophy was, that the league title, the trophy was never paraded in front of the fans in any capacity. It's almost exactly. like, it almost like it doesn't exist. Now, I can see that actually being beneficial to us next season. Me too. Because that that has been stripped away from them. They were the first team in 30 years of ours to win a league, and 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 it went out no one. Like let's be honest, let you know, let's call us, let's call those it is. It, it went the out. The thing as well here is, and I know you're getting that, but they had the Champions League period, and they know what it's all about, and they've already exactly. had a taste of it. Exactly. And and they were robbed of that. They right, never easy. got the yeah. They never got the, the adulation. adulation exactly. Yeah. yeah. And 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 for the first time, it, it, it's the it's such a poignant moment given the thirty year gap. And and honestly, like it, it hurts me greatly. Like, like you guys know, I was coming home for the fucking victory parade, never having my flights were cancelled. All guys, it's shit. Uh, yeah. And, and not getting home. Like you know, it, it was a massive impact on them. It was a massive p- impact on us. Because we were salivating for it. And Dave, do you know what as well? I think it cuts both ways. I think on one hand, it was a factor in our poor form as well. When the the injuries really started to bite. And when Matip, you know, we sort of identified that was the moment when Matip went down against West Brom. We end up drawing that game again. Dubious refereeing decision to allow that goal. The guy was all over for me. We'll not go there. But when that slump started, it kept coming back to those players haven't, the title's just slipping away. And 
They never got the adulation, and I almost think it was another thing to get them down. Whereas now, I think we've come through that. We've had to look at City, you know, with it waltz into the title with no competition whatsoever. And I actually think you're right. I think it's a spur now. They've got over that, and they'll be thinking, right, you know what? Crowds are back. Fuck that season. It's gone. Crowds are back. We've got our team back. Let's fucking go and finish above. All we have to do next season is fucking finish above Man City. They're our target from uh, and, day and one. Day I, one. Let's beat their result. I, Let's. And they, they were under no pressure whatsoever this season. They cruised to a title. And we know they're scared shitless of us. We know that, that, that Liverpool reside rent-free in Pep Guardiola's head. He worries about us a lot. Um, yeah, know, he did. Dave, crowds, he did he, Dave, crowds are a factor, but crowds are a oh, factor. Mass, and, absolutely massive. Look, and look, at, look, it, look at Manny's performance. I think it speaks well, this volumes. Is actually, this, is, this, is, this is actually what I was actually going to ask you about. Um, I think Manny's, Manny's form has been well discussed and documented over the season. Um, at West Brom, I, I could have I shot him. I, honestly, if I hadn't been in the stadium, I probably would have just went on the pitch and dragged him off it. Um, and we get that win, and maybe it's maybe it's to do with what happens what happens in the last minute and the Allison goal and how that affects the squad. I don't know. And normally these things that change situations like like ours has been changed. It's not it's not really any one thing. The same is kind of when things go wrong. It's Johnny was talking about the matter injury. Like that really is a case of the straw that broke the camel's back with everything that we've discussed, but. Manny against Burnley looked like a different player. Wasn't quite there, but you were like, "Oh, I think I see. I think I see Sadio Manny in there again because there's boys in the stadium." And then he starts getting booed and all, and he's like, "Oh, this is great." On Sunday, fucking hell, Dave. Like honestly, the, especially like the first half an hour, he's absolutely electric. His touches back, his passings there. He's he's turning men on the sixpence. He's going past players. The the ball with his left foot he pulls back to Salah, which he strikes first time is deflected wide. Is absolutely unreal. And do you know what? He gets those two goals because, in my opinion, he's just feeling a whole lot fucking better about himself. And you see the second goal. He's tied. He gets the ball and he's like, "What will I do? Do you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to stick it in the net." And he does. And granted, there's a deflection there, but the fact that he has time, he doesn't have to snatch at it, and he has time to make a decision, and he decides, I'm taking responsibility here, I'm sticking in the tent, and he does. People have talked about him being shipped out next year, and that one performance might colour people's per- perception of his, of his season, and it shouldn't, but... You know, there's some players that will there's some players that will react more negatively to no fans being in the stadium than others. It looks as though potentially it's affected him more than most because that was a different player than we've seen all season on Sunday. No, without a doubt, it it, it, it seemed to fuel him. You know what I mean? It, it 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 gave him an extra spring in his step. And don't get me wrong, Dave. We we talk about Manny having a poor season. It you know it wasn't lack of effort. 
by him in, in any stretch. You know what? And in, in many many respects, I maybe think he was trying too hard at times. Whenever things you know weren't after a prolonged period of not coming, then you know these strikers that are used to score and they're used to being in tandem together. But it, it was there was a you can point, point a finger at Manny, but you've got to look at the service that was coming in um, to the front three, especially during a time we couldn't get a goal for love nor money. And there was a pa- always the pass was too long, too short, too heavy, too light, you know, um, you know, or a player in between. It, it, what, you know, up until that, up until the pandemic, it was almost like we were just, we were just a metronome, click, 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 click. Everything was perfect, everything worked, and you know, I think that what what you've said there about you know us sitting as fans going off, oh, who's fucking next injured wise? Do you think for a second that they're not privately? You know they they may totally. be men- but they may be mentality giants, Dave. But this is, was an extraordinary, out of the fucking blue, lot of madness that happened to us this season. There's, and, uh, Dave, there's only there's only so much rubbish can fit in the bin before it starts to overflow. Before it's overflow, exactly. And I I think that that's what happened. And you know, you, you're talking about amalgamating all of those things. You know, the lack of adulation of winning a league. The sheer disappointment in themselves that they're not doing themselves justice, and you know they've been like. Let's be honest. Let's let's fucking strip it back to basics here. We were pre-pandemic the best football team on the planet. We were, no two ways about it. Okay, we lost to to, to Atletico Madrid. Um, people were saying, oh, the writing was on the wall. I don't see it like that. We were still the best team in Europe, stroke the world, the planet. And when you when you've been at that level. And then all of a sudden, and to be honest with you, the media have been fucking bastards to us this, this season. The, and, and I think the FA have been bastards to us as well this season. It's almost like they were setting us up to fail. Some of the decisions and whatnot in VAR, and, you know, we, we, we've seen, you know, that's trigonometry for us and it's just one line for everybody else. Um, it was almost like that they were had an extra layer of scrutiny on top of us as well. It And, and maybe I'm imagining that but that's what the effect of all of this storm of shite caused me to me to feel i felt that everything was against us and normally that's 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 wonderful for normally for 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 liverpool football club we love being underdogs we love proving people wrong but this this whole pandemic injuries no crowd games like training games really hard for for players who thrive off big noise like you can only imagine what it's like for those guys playing in front of 60,000 every week uh, and, and then just this empty, soulless fucking stadium with empty, soulless football. Um, you know, like even, like there was a stage during the game yesterday, Dave, and, and old Matt Phillips gave, I, for, I forget who it was, but he gave him a good old fucking 1970 shoulder charge and the response he got from the crowd, and he went away, you know, the, the, the shoulders up and the chest popped out. You know, little things like, I think, we got away with it because I'm sure whenever Phillips was starting and young Reese Williams, if there had been fans in, they'd have taken a lot of shit and they'd have been under a lot of pressure. I think we've got away with one and that. Um, but by the time the fans came back, they were established and, and you know, the, it, it was a routine for them. But I, I, I find it very difficult. You know, look, I've, I've bandered on about fucking, maybe this is Manny's last season. He was out of form and everything. But he showed us um, there's still the player there. Uh, all the traits that we love about him are all still there. Yeah, it's finishing. You know, like at the end of the day, 
throughout the season, he wasn't that bad. His finishing was appalling. I think that's what, what I would say. I don't, I don't think Manny was that bad. It's just we are used to him being so clinical and so lethal that when it didn't happen for him, I think he got a bit frustrated. And then, you know, everything was fucking rose-ed or fucking well-wide or bent well-wide. You know, it just nothing was coming off for him. And that that that's like the rolling ball, if you will, gathering. You know, more and more. Plum. The longer you go without the goal, the longer you, you can't even fucking hit the target. It starts to, to, to have psychological effect on you. And and then the rest of the players around you, we don't know what went on in that camp. And I'm sure, I have, without doubt, um, if anybody disagrees with me, please say, I'm sure that there, were, there was a lot of fucking hard, hard, hard-to-hard stuff team had over the cor- course of the season. Some really hard conversations were had um, in, in the training ground. Uh, some uncomfortable conversations, but it was the nature of that season. As I say, Dave, it's fucking over. And we'll never see anything like it again. And we've still got Champions League. Just just be thankful. Yeah, we can totally be thankful. Johnny, I'm just curious where you're on, Manny, because, you know, he hasn't been the player he has been. And he's 29. And you're thinking if you're going to move a player on for any sort of serious transfer fee, this year's probably the year for somebody in that age bracket. But... For him not having a good season, you know, it's 11 goals and 7 assists. Marcus Rashford, who as much as I admire and respect the guy, he's not the next big thing, but he has 11 goals and 9 assists, you know? So it's not like, it's not like there's... He's English, Dave. Well, yeah, and and, and maybe maybe that's part of it, but the point I'm making is, is that you know, if you were to put those two players, the pictures of them in front of some person that just watches football, you know, who had the better season? Rashford by far. Rashford by far. Maybe performance-wise he did. But when it comes down to brass tacks and numbers, Mane's not a kick in the arse off him. And the other thing, Johnny, is, is let's not forget, two years ago, this player was voted as the fourth best player in the world. Mm. Fourth in the Ballon d'Or behind Ronaldo Messi and Virgil van Dijk. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. That's, it's, it's very much one extreme to the other, that isn't it? But I don't know, where are you Where are you on him? Well, I think one, he was a victim of his own brilliance. So first and foremost, he was voted the fourth best player in the world and he was electric, unplayable, one of the best, genuinely one of the best players I've seen. In the Liverpool shirt in my time watching them, absolutely outstanding. You know, you think of the of the game in, in 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 Munich, you know, the 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 Bayern game where he just that goal he scores, where he uh, <laughs> just does a wee dink and with his back to goal and clips it into the net. Uh, you know, iconic and um, big big goals. I think he was a victim of that. I think he had COVID, like Trent, like Thiago. That's one thing we don't know with, with, with peak athletes. How how bad is COVID and how long does it take you to get over that? We, we read there about a month ago that he it, it, it came out that he'd actually gone for tests. <laughs> he himself wanted to go to the doctor to go, what the fuck's wrong with me? <laughs> he actually went and had himself checked out. And... Football's a funny game, you know. You, you know we've... Johnny, can I, can I just interrupt you? Because I had it over Christmas, and it took me about two months to get 
my, you know, to feel fit again, fully fit again. Now, okay, big, big fucking age difference between me and him, but it seems it seems to be a common thing regardless of age. That if you had, and I think we saw it with Trent as well. Like he was off the boil for a couple of months. It does. It, it like to be honest with you, having COVID wasn't a real big deal to me. Getting over COVID was a much bigger deal. No, the other thing they said about the other thing they said about top top um, level athletes is they're so insulated from the standard, you know, bits and pieces that people would get that actually help build their immune system up. Um, that they can be affected far more adversely. So Johnny. I think this is a good point because it's something that I had completely forgotten about and something a lot of people do. A lot of people will complete, completely forget about um, when they're analysing performance levels of certain players. Yeah, and like, uh, Dave, you made a point there. I mean, I, th- there, there was a guy I know in who I work with that was able to run half marathons, no problem at all. And... I think about nine months after COVID was was struggling to finish 5K. Um, now I'm not saying you know that level, but what I'm saying is you know obviously he's been passed up and he's able to play, but you don't know the tiredness he feels and the fact that they're having the soldier on. So I think it's a perfect storm. I think he is one of those players. We are a team too that's in tune with with the crowd, and people laugh at that and go, "I'll oh, trust you to say that," but Liverpool for the first time in their entire history as a football club, finished a season with more points away from home than at home. Um, that cannot be a coincidence that it was in, a, in an Anfield that was basically empty for 90% of the season. Yeah, you know, And it's a funny one with Manny. Listen, I was genuinely really worried about him. Um, I'm not saying I'm still com- I'm, I'm completely not worried now. Um, but by God, on, uh, you know, on Sunday... He looked like Manny, you know, he was laying balls off first time, flicking them out wide to Robertson, sprinting and, you know, getting in behind as almost in the same movement. He just looked like himself. He looked happy. He looked smiling. He was feeding off the crowd. You know, you could sense the crowd were buzzing the more it went on because they were like, oh, he's actually back here. He's just he's going past his man. He's 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 a complete threat. And he and he and he grew off that. So. I think it might be a problem for Klopp that he's so loyal. I don't think for a second Jurgen Klopp, you know, we, we've sometimes said this about Liverpool, that we're, we're not ruthless enough at times. And people point to the likes of Alex Ferguson and they go, he is ruthless. When he sees any sign of a decline, it's gone. They will they will decline on someone else's watch. That was his mantra. It'll not be on, on my watch. Um, yeah, it was very shankly, shankly and Paisley were the same. They were like, his, his legs can go somewhere else. And I think Larry Lloyd's a good example where they sent him over. Yeah. Larry and Forrest, they won two European Cups. Uh, exactly. It doesn't always work out. A lot of the time they were right. But, you know, you look at Mane and you go, he's 29. Uh, I still think Sadio Mane has, has a 29. He's still got two peak years ahead of him. And it's that's a decision. You know, that's a decision for the club. But if, if we get the Sadio Mane next season that we got uh, yesterday. If we even get that half of next season. Yeah. That, that, that would be a game changer, you know, in terms of our output. But it is funny when you talk about, about Rashford. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, Rashford, let's do him a bit of service here. Obviously, he's done amazing things. So. 
off the pitch and I have so much respect for the fella. And he's very young. He is very young. But yeah, there's an enormous amount of hype. Gary Neville had him in his bloody team of the season, which I thought was comical. Um, and, 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 and Manny's getting pelters and being told he's finished. And actually their output wasn't that much different. And that is Manny miles below his normal level. But, but just on this point about the crowds is probably just the final point on this. It's, I think it's telling as well. Uh, and I, maybe it's just years of loathing that I would <laughs> point this at them. But I genuinely think United are one of the teams that I don't think their mentality as a group, you know, they've come back in games from behind in this pandemic. It's almost been a freaky pattern to games where they've uh, not started well, gone a goal down, invariably then had a penalty or something, <laughs> you know, 49 penalties or something like that. But it was telling for me as well that in the games where there was a bit of a, you know, where there's been a, a bit of a crowd back, I don't think when you see United at Old Trafford with the expectation of 70,000 people, that they they will thrive on that the same way we do. I genuinely think it makes them nervous. And they've had years of failure now on their backs, really. And uh, it, it's funny how players just react differently to it. I think it's suited United, in a way, uh, at Old Trafford. Um, to an extent, you know, in, in terms of they've just been playing well, we but without that without without that pressure of the crowd or well it's probably not Old Trafford, it's probably a worse example because their form wasn't great at Old Trafford, but away form wise, you yeah, know, going to stadiums without intimidation, that's it's a big change, isn't it? it? It's also that sense where if if you're going to Southampton or or Selhurst Park or somewhere or Leicester that can be notoriously rowdy and the opposition go a gold up, that just that that galvanizes extra adds an extra impetus to the you know the ferocity of the support because they're like the players they feel like something they've something to, to lose as well and they'll scream that little bit louder and they'll boo every touch and whatever else so yeah i can totally get on board with that totally um dave we've talked about money next season and hopefully we get our sadio money back player we're not going to get back next season because you know what love a wee segue is uh, is Jeannie Wijnaldum uh, by the looks of things. Um, there's been a lot of players sending social media tweets out saying it's been a pleasure and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, um, it, it looks like regardless of what happens, um, he'll be playing his football somewhere else next year. But again, another player that has divided opinion over the years um, and probably no more so than than this year. And it's funny that when players divide opinion, um, when when shit goes wrong with a team, it's the guys that use that to kind of justify the opinion that they've had for three years, which has been wrong. Uh, and there's been a lot of silly things said about about Genie in the in the last couple of months, which I find really distasteful. The fact is. The guy's one of the cornerstones, the bedrock of the building of this side. Um, people can laud Nabi Kaida all they want. Um, but the fact is, the guy's on the pitch. On what evidence would they laud him? 
Well, this is it. The guy's on the pitch all the time. He plays 38 games out of 38 this season. He's on the pitch for every Premier League game. Um, yeah, we don't have our best season, but that's been him year after year after year for this club, fighting at the top, scoring big, big goals, you know. Um, no more so than Barcelona. And, you know, I think... Man, City. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he is. He's a big goal. Roma as well in the yep. European Cup. Do you know what I mean? The goal against Middlesbrough that is the first season we get back into the Champions League. He's there. And I think, again, it was just it was one of his standard understated performances. You know, his part in the second goal for me is kind of a, a microcosm of him as a player where he, he finds the right space. It's a very sensible thing to do, which is, is lay it off to Salah, who, who, who feeds Mane, who scores. If he's given that to Salah or Firmino there, Firmino's going to try and beat a man, or Salah's going to try and score Mane, who fucking knows what he was going to do this season. Pacini just does the absolute perfect thing. Just goes, do you know what, Mo, you're in space, I'm going to pop back to you, because I know Mane's behind me. And actually, even better than that, I'm going to lift my leg just to make sure the pass gets there for him too. And it's just all the really clever, intelligent footballer things that just go completely under the radar. And I personally, I don't think, I think next season we will rate him even more highly because for the first time, for a consistent number of games, we're going to see what that football seems like when he's not playing. No, I agree with you, Dave. And we, you and I had a wee conversation last night on this, um, on WhatsApp. Um, my, I hadn't seen social media or anything at that stage and I was kind of hopeful that maybe this wasn't the end you know maybe, maybe there could be an old deal but it, it, it looks terminal now and look what you say about him as a player is absolutely correct I agree with every word of it but the thing that stands out and I think we'll miss his football abilities but his availability is the thing you know especially after what we've seen this season with all of them falling down at some point you know what I mean it's very few of them that didn't have a knock or COVID or something yeah him and Andy uh, Robertson him and Andy Robertson yep. are constantly available through fucking thicker yep. skin exactly and and that's the difficult thing to replace I think now don't he's a wonderful footballer without a doubt but getting a, getting a midfielder in that you know week in week out well Genie's there and and I think Klopp was was sort of hinting at that in, in his tribute that he paid to him and there's no doubt about it he is very 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 well thought of um, at Liverpool Football Club and, and I don't think there's any malicious intent or there's no there's no nastiness about the fact that we wouldn't give him the money we just wouldn't give him that we didn't see value in giving him th- that, that salary um, and you know you, you put it to me last night that we give a Gini Wijnaldum a, a, a contract that takes him through to 34. We go off the edge of a cliff at any stage after 30. I know in this day and age, you know, 30 is not a great age for a footballer, the way they condition themselves and the way they keep themselves these days. That Their, their longevity is a little bit more, unless you come from South America, where you've been fucking roughed up from your 16. Um, you, you, know, you, you know where I'm coming from. And it's like... It's going to be a hard one to replace. He is. He's a very, very, very difficult piece of the puzzle to replace. But I think that the overriding thing, the most important part of, of replacing is that availability. Um, you know, someone you can count on. Um, there's no doubt about it with Thiago. We've talked about it already. This this Fabinho-Thiago thing. I, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that that's so good that it doesn't really matter who's beside them. 
a bit like you know Van Dyke's so good you can throw any other centre back you can put Fabinho there that he just uh, everything functions and I think these two are going to be so good and my fingers are crossed for this um, that those two are going to be so good and dominant uh, as a midfield who the third midfielder whether it be Curtis Jones whether it be um, A and other whether it be Jordan Henderson um, you know they they're going to be their, their game's going to improve or, or, or appear to be improved or better because of, of, of the solidity of the other two. Um, you were right last night. We needed to be ruthless. It is the time to let him go. And, it, and it's a painful one, albeit. But every footballer has their day. It's the one thing. like we're, we're, We have to face losing each and every one of them. Um, it's a fact of life. And regardless of how good this team's been, it does need a bit of a freshen up, probably at this stage. You know, let, let's be honest, it does need a freshen up of some description over the summer. They always do. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I am not happy with Jeannie going away. But at the same time, it's good business sense, I think, given his age, his contract um, expectation and the fact that we wouldn't pay it. And, and you know, let's not forget. The medical team and and will know an awful lot more about him and how he's you know how he's been over the five years. Maybe there's been a drop off and things that we can't see in the pitch, or maybe he's in a red area, or maybe there's the, the, you know the, the, there's a lot of considerations. He said, I think on social media, he's going to tell the story, which I'd be very interested to hear, Dave. But a, a, a fantastic servant to the club, and I, and I wish him every. I hope he gets the contract he deserves. And, and, and I'm making a bones about that. I hope I can honestly see him at PSG or earn a, a, a big glass contract, and I can see him fucking being brilliant for them. Sadly, um, great player. Yeah, Johnny, he is, and I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like we've absolutely stroked one of them, um, and where I come from, that means robbed them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just for anybody listening to in a random place that's not Northern Ireland. Um, we've absolutely struck him. <laughs> totally 70 grand a week or something for the last, what, five years? Is it, is it four or five years? Five years, maybe? Seven, um, 75. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, but, you know, he, he's not on close to what Naby Kyle is on. He's never on the pitch. And he's such an integral part of the building of this this legacy that hopefully will be left after Klopp goes. And like I said before, he's a cornerstone of that. So, you know, I would have loved him to have got paid what essentially I value his worth as in comparison to what the other players were getting. But sadly for him, it hasn't worked out that way. And, you know, for me, you're looking at that midfield and people are people are talking about transitioning the front three and et cetera. But actually, for me, the midfield is really what we have to pay attention to. You've got... Uh, you know, Jordan Henderson's 31 in a few weeks. Fabinho's 30. Or, sorry, Thiago's 30. Fabinho, I think, is 28 this year. Um, then if you throw a 30-year-old Wijnaldum in there and you're going to tie him to at least a four-year contract, then, you know, you're looking... Uh, let's fuck James Miller in there for the crack as well. 70-year-old James Miller. So there's a massive, massive chunk of weight. It's probably the guts of six, seven hundred grand a week, maybe, on players yeah. in their 30s and one approaching their 30s. And we really do need to start to to recycle that and, and rebuild from there. Um, but at the same time, 
I, like I, I don't know how much of an impact or, or where we are with, with sending somebody else. But aside from that, do you think do you think this is the right time for him to go? Um, and just where are you on his legacy? Oh. No, I don't think it's the right time for him to go. I think it's a mistake. Um, and we, we don't know how much, we, we don't know how far, we don't know what the stumbling block is. We don't know, is it just the money he's asking? Is it the length of the contract or is it both? It's probably both. Um, it, I think one of the most underrated attributes, like people now come up with every stat imaginable for players. If it's a center back, it's aerial jewels. If it's if it's forwards, it's pressing actions, it's ball retentions, assists, goals. Oh, um, but one of the, the 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 most underrated attribute is availability <laughs> for in the modern game. And he and this season, don't we know it? Oh my goodness, you know, so durable, always there. I mean, it was funny. I, I, you know, we were on social media, and I put out that. You know, he's farewell. Like, you know, I replied to one of his tweets, basically saying you're a legend. And you had fans from other clubs uh, weirdly obsessing and going, how's he a Liverpool legend? And I was like, he was key to end on the 30-year wait. He was key to winning the Champions League. Of course he's a fucking Liverpool legend. And in the big games, you know, in the massive games, in the greatest game ever played at Anfield, the greatest ever game at Anfield, the four 0 against Barcelona. He's the he's he's the reason it's the greatest game ever played. He's the catalyst, isn't it? He comes on for Robertson at halftime, uh, and also Johnny. He 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 also saw the weaknesses in Barcelona and the gaps which he uh, articulated the club at halftime. He was tactically astute as well, and he was very tactically astute on the pitch. You know, and the thing is, this is a player who's a free scoring, pretty attack minded player for Holland. Totally sacrificed his game, totally changed, modified his game to do the job that Klopp wanted, which is to free up the fullbacks and provide that solidity in midfield. Um, you think back to the, the Man City game um, in the Champions League where we won 3-0 and then we, we go there and we win 2-1 and he plays in the six in that game and he's just exceptional. His ability to hold the ball and... So many moments he scores, he mentioned it earlier, he gets the key goal against Middlesbrough when we qualify for the first time for the Champions League. Just he's just such a great footballer, loved by the players. And my the one thing that's great at me with this is I want I really want to know the story because I don't know how much he was asking. I think he was being stroked, as you say, Dave. Seventy five grand a week was he was worth way more than that. But we know. The other thing there, Johnny, is he, he sees players around him not coming to the end of their contract. You know, Robertson, Trent, Fabinho, Mo, Van Dijk, being told, you know what, you've been better this year. We're going to extend your contract and we're going to like bump your wages by 30 or 40 grand. And he's going, what the fuck, guys? I'm right. yeah. like, it's, 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 like, it's like someone sitting, sitting in the bar and... You know, everybody being offered a round and, and he's not been offered a drink and he's sitting there, he's sitting there going, I'm, fucking right, I'm, like, I'm right here. I'm right I know, here. You know? I, I know. And, and Dave, let's think about it as well. Like, let's think about like the likes of Dejan Lovren, who was on more money than him. Adam Lallana was on 120 grand a week. James Milner was on 150 grand a week. And James Milner was given a good big deal. And he's, what, 34, 35? 
so there is enough there for me, you know, if you're Jeannie Wijnaldum's agent, you're not really doing your job. <laughs> if you don't tell him, you're getting stroked. You know, it's one thing wanting to be here and part of this and all, but, you know, pay the money he's worth. We'll wait and see what comes out. I think we should have paid him more. I thought we should have valued him more. I think it's a big loss. I don't think Klopp's happy about it. I think Klopp, you know, the financials and what they offer the players, he very much I agree really, with you, John. I don't think Klopp's happy, and I think that's dangerous because Klopp would see him as one of his, in my opinion, one of his sort of on-field lieutenants. And he, I don't think, is happy. I don't think it's right. The availability, it weakens us. It means we've got to get someone in there. Uh, but it's, it looks like tonight you were just – making the point there about where he goes. Apparently, Sky Germany reporting that he's in talks with Bayern Munich. I hope he goes to Bayern Munich, and I hope he gets a massive wage, and I hope he, you know, uh, wins Well, he's, if he goes there, he's going to win, like, three or four league titles, let's be honest. You know, he's going to win titles, and he'll probably have a great shot at the Champions League, and I want that for that boy. I want him to get the money, and it's just a shame, and in my opinion, a mistake that we didn't do it, but his legacy is, listen... Every time you hear his name, you'll you'll smile. Um, but and there's not an awful lot of Liverpool players you can say that about when you look back on. Yeah, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. I think you know one of the moments is it's just impossible to get the ball off the guy. And there's there's that clip that I must I, honestly I think it's one of the most one of the clips I've watched the most of any Liverpool clip in the last few years is. Do you remember when he has the ball in the middle of the pitch against Barcelona? And I think there's, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. there's only about 20 minutes to go. And it's like, oh my God, there's three rounds. If he's going to lose it in the halfway line, they're going to break and score. And he does this little weird Cruyff turn because he runs really strangely with his like legs really wide apart. And then he just... Takes three just of them out of the game. <laughs> takes three of them completely out of the game and breaks into the final third and feeds the ball down the left-hand side of Riggy. And he's just like, oh my God, that was amazing. So it's little things like that, and it, it it is just impossible to get the ball off him. And I think that that's one thing that, again, in this side, and it's so fu- it's it's so funny, Dave, that you look up you look at players in this team, and there's still so many so many fans will understand what their what their role is and what their purpose is in the side. Um, and his, as Johnny said, he sacrificed his game, and he put up with all that shit, and he he sacrificed the adulation and the the goal-scoring feats that he received before to just go and do the graft and the dirty work and not lose the ball. And like he did on on, on Sunday to Salah, just give it really simple. Um, and he's done that. So, look, just a last word then. The season's over. We'll do a bit of a review in a couple of weeks once the dust has settled and we kind of understand where we are. But Champions League next year, Dave, it's... You've hoped for this Liverpool side, given everything we've talked about. I would hope we'll win it. That's that, that's my hope. Um, I, I think that the, the nature of our qualification for it, if that is not a driving force, when we actually hit the competition proper next season. Also, I, I you know what you guys are saying about we have a score to settle. We do. We need to put. Well, there's so much that still needs put right. That's not, and and that's another thing. Genie Wijnaldum didn't get. He didn't get that adulation of 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 being 
you know, ending that 30. There's so so many injustices in this, in this season, David. It's just a season of injustice. And, I, and I'm not talking just for Liverpool. I'm talking about for football in general. Um, it has been a season of injustice. And honestly, I looking at it now, I think we'll invest properly. I have no clue who it will be, but I have faith in what they're doing. I have no problem. Whoever they decide that they're going to bring in to replace Wijnaldum, going to get a fair shout. Um, and they, they, they very seldom get it wrong. They do get it wrong in a case, but very seldom. Uh, may take the guy a while. We may not see him to November. Might not see him to December, but we'll see them. And when we do, they'll be ready and fit for purpose. I, I'm look. It's like this. We've we've come off a of back. It's fucking over. It's over. The pain is over. And and really, for me, I just cannot wait for the for the next season to start. Get Vir- You know that was our last game without Virgil. That was our last game without Virgil. Think of it like that. Um, you know, we we have him back, and I think it changes. I'm not saying it's a one-man team, far from it, but just that I think just the confidence that he instills in others, and it doesn't matter where you play on the pitch because you know that that, that, that lad's there, and he if he's your last line of defence, there's no fucker getting past him. And I, I, I honestly, honestly, I said it this season, we're going to win a double. I I believe this team needs to win a double for it to be considered... Um, like you know, when when Sunus was a player, uh, and you know they they lifted multiple trophies. When uh, Henderson's lifted them, but not in the same season. We did doubles, we did trebles, and the great Liverpool sides. And this is what this side is missing. And I really hope we go about redressing that next season. I don't see any reason why not. I think we'll invest properly. I think it'll be. I think we're going to have a great season. I think we're going to put. A lot of pressure in Man City. I don't think they can cope with it. I don't think they like pressure. And the fact that it's us going to be putting the pressure on them, I, I, let's be honest. You know, swings and roundabouts, it's got to be us. Yes, Dave, I can agree with that. And I love this Dave Karen because it's this Dave Karen so seldom appears. It's a bit like Sadio Mane this season. <laughs> this random Dave Karen. Dave, 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 he's taking dinner about himself. But no, they've put us through a ringer. This, like, no, it's not their fault. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not pointing. No, yeah, no shit thrown at them. But you know, we've been through. We've, as a fan base, we've been through the fucking ringer twice this season, Dave. We really have. Yeah, we have. And and let's be honest, as as shit as we've had it, Johnny, the players must have had it worse. But I think, I think we've we've all we've all mentioned that this team are going to be hopefully bouncing in the next season. Van Dijk will be back. He won't be going to the Euros. And Dave mentions about getting up to speed again. I, I don't think he'll be any farther behind anybody else, provided the injuries heal properly, because everybody will be coming back off a you know a bit yeah. of a break. They'll be getting their fitness back. The benefit is he hasn't gone to the Euros, so actually he might be at a level that you don't expect him. Joe Gomez, the same. Fingers crossed, he does not continue to pick up these chronic long-term injuries. Um, as much for us, Dave, he, as for himself. He's not t- he he's not to be back at the start of the season, though, isn't it? More sort of October November time for him. No, I don't, I, well, I, I, don't, I don't know, and I don't think so. But even still, he will his body will have had an extended break, you know. And I think this this is the thing. Um, so as much as I would as much as I would hate for the lads. Um, I'd love Jordan Henderson and Trent to be left out of the England squads. 
would be terrible for them if they were, but I'd be absolutely delighted. Um, and if rumours or anything to go by, it looks like Trent isn't going to go, which is mental. Uh, that's the, 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 they would be back quick anyway, Dave, don't worry. Well, that, <laughs> that's, that's true in all quarterfinals. So, so, Johnny, you know, a couple of shrewd signings. I think we differ on where the policy, I think we, we all differ on where the transfer policy is, but regardless of where the transfer policy is, even the squad as it stands now, all fit and available. There's yeah. enough, to, there is, there's, an, there's enough based on how we feel now and what we've gone through this season to take all that, put it all together and really launch an assault on all fronts. Yeah, totally. Totally. And, I do. I, this season has just—it's been so frustrating, and you know you have to sit and you've got to listen to nonsense and bullshit and people talking about oh we well, were only missing Van Dyke and just like ignoring all the multiple games that that our players have missed and worst champions ever and all the horse shit that modern fans and you know. I know Leicester have had a terrible time in the reason they didn't qualify for the top four because of all of their awful injury situation for about two weeks. Yeah, I know. Um, and then it's yeah, and you know Roy Keane, they're bad champions, and you know all the shit and the digs from the likes of Gary Neville as well, all those fuckers um, that were loving it, you know. And yeah, I just Klopp is good though with channeling anger and channeling emotion and channeling. You know, that aggression and this team are going out more so than any probably Liverpool team I can remember in my lifetime with they've they've got a massive incentive to, to go out and really shove it down people's throats, you know, uh, about how good they are. And not only that, they're not just going out with a massive point to prove and hopefully aggressive and ready to go for it. This is also a really talented team. It's not just like we're going to be working off pure anger. We know, listen, we know, we've watched this team. We know that when we have our best team fit and firing on the pitch, we know that Allison, both of our fullbacks, Virgil van Dijk, Fabinho, Thiago, Salah, Mane, we know that. And the starting 11 between us and Man City, every one of those boys starts. We know how good our team is. And shrewd signings, get the squad right. And yeah, let's just go out from August and let's just try and instill that mentality that we had in, in 19, you know, in, in the 19 and 20 seasons where it's like, Every game, we are just 100% at it. And let's put massive pressure on City. And, yeah, um, I'm not going to sit here and go, in my opinion, and people say, well, you guys are mental, you're deluded, you finished third. Forget about it. I'm thinking about this team. This is a team, 97 points, 99 points, league champions, European Cup winners. This team, could they go out and win the league next season? Of course they could. Could they win the European Cup? Of course they could. Could they win the two of them? Yeah, maybe. If they get the luck. But I'm just looking forward to us being back up at the top table. And yeah, fingers crossed. We get the right signings, hit the ground running. Um, sky's the limit. I can't wait. Genuinely can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. So until next time.
up the sticking up your hole, everybody else, Champions League Reds.